My dog is an asshole. Okay, so I got a vasectomy a few years ago, and it didn't quite go as planned, and it left me somewhat more susceptible to impact. And the dog just loves chewing stuffies, and he's got this desiccated corpse of what used to be a turtle or some damn thing, but it kind of looks like a hat. And so I put it on my head the other day, thinking, oh, this will be funny. And so I've got it, and I'm like, oh, you want the hat? You want the hat? And I'm standing up. And, of course, he tries to jump up. He can't get it. He can't get it. He does a little hop up, does like this kangaroo boxer punch right in the junk. I double over. He just grabs the hat, wanders away, wagging his tail, happy as hell. What a jerk. My dog is in it. You know, whenever we have guests on, I always think they must be sitting in the back room going, they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. They have like zero, zero clue. We'll get to the guests shortly. Welcome to mashup number 92. Twos. Welcome, everybody. AMC how's how's, how's your oh, junk doing oh, tonight? Right. How's your junk My doing junk's tonight? Good. It, it recovered. I mean, you know, post-operation, I spent six months feeling like I'd just been hit in the junk 10 minutes ago, but it's fine now, you know, barring the odd impact. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Mashup, and, mashup and 92. Uh, I, I'm doing quite well. Doing yep. quite well. I got no nothing to report on this side. Oh, okay. I guess we'll get All to right. Frank. Oh, when it, that'll be the first question he gets. You know, <laughs> it's like, how, how's the junk tonight? Anyways, um, other than getting punched by the government over and over again, I'm sure. Mashup yeah. 92, sir. AMC Brought Electrical. By AMC Electrical. They're back again this year. They're like the OG of the individual episode sponsors. Great, um, great guy, Drew. He was just on the blue collar roundup, round table. Drove all the way up to uh, to Lloyd for that. And uh, they're busy as hell again this year. And so they're not looking for more work. They're not advertising here because they're trying to drum up more, more business for themselves. They want to hire more people. So if you're in the Rocky Mountain House area and you want to start up with them, or if you're not and you like being next to awesome fishing, you should definitely look into it. Yeah, uh, Drew's, Drew's a beauty. He's the guy who uh, originally approached us about uh, uh, the idea of sponsoring individual episodes. So that's AMC Electrical. Drew McKay, um, he was just on the Blue Collar Roundtable, like two said. And I got a lot of time for the old Blue Collar world. And uh, yeah. they kind of tell it the way it is. Speaking of the like way that. speaking of the way it is, uh, the Coots 4 have now been locked up 722 days, twos. When we started this, you know, I, I was kind of like, yeah, we should we should bring it up every episode. Well, there you go. 722 now. So that's yep. the the running total uh, just to kind of keep it in everybody's uh, uh, mind. Um, and to- oh, I was going to say just related to that. I, I don't know if anybody remembers the interview you did with Donald Best talking about uh, the RCMP officers and whatnot. But Vance Crow had this lady, uh, Julie Kelly, on his latest episode. And it blew my mind. It talked about um, this FBI entrapment uh, thing where they just convinced a bunch of people to try and kidnap the governor of Michigan. And and so, I mean, the whole thing's crazy, but 
got receipts the whole way. And it kind of sounds reminiscent of everything that Donald Best was saying about the Coots 4. So in other so words, go more... listen to Vance Crow. Vance, yes. wherever you're at in St. Louis, driving around this morning, um, there you go. Yeah, you're becoming a fixture of shout-outs on this thing. I was just on his podcast today, so there you go. Oh, You so can go listen to me and him chat later on this week. Now, um, how about we get to Franco? Can we bring Franco in? Let's bring in Franco. Let, let's bring in Franco. Okay. Well, yeah, he's, all right. Federal Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, Franco Terrazano. Franco, thanks for hopping in tonight. Hey, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Now, we pleasure. got... We got a couple of things we want to get to. Um, we're going to give a little bit of extra time. Me and Two's have been doing this like rapid fire, holy dino, hold on to the train. But with a couple of things going on with our government and uh, government waste, some spending, we thought, why not bring on Franco? You seem to be blowing up the Twitter waves with your videos. So how about we start here? Okay. European fiscal restraint leaves taxpayers on the hook for 600 grand. That's Parliament spent nearly 600 grand on luxury hotel rooms it didn't use when nearly half of the listed delegates for a conference of European parliamentarians it hosted either didn't show up or chose less expensive hotels. Franco, lay it down on us. Well, guys, like I, I'm almost at a loss for words, right? Which, which doesn't happen that often if you see me on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, but this this type of spending is just so ridiculous. I don't know even where to start. I mean, you kind of laid down the facts where the Fed spent 600,000 smackers on luxury hotel suites that they didn't even use, right? Mm -hmm. So what was this conference for? Well, this conference was for what they call the Organization for Security and Cooperation. Now, that's largely for a conference of European parliamentarians. Okay. Yeah, and it's and, been historically held in Europe too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think it's only been hosted in, I think the last time it was hosted in Canada was like the mid 1990s. And why is that? Well, you know, I'm not like a PhD in geography, but I'm pretty sure Canada is pretty far away from Europe. You know what I mean? So they decided to host this thing in Vancouver, I believe. Uh, yeah. Pretty far away from, from Europe. And look, this is so crazy. I mean, First of all, folks, 600,000 bucks of your money spent on luxury hotel rooms would have been bad enough, but it was 600K on luxury hotel rooms that they didn't even use. Now, yeah. one of the other crazy parts of this story, folks, mm -hmm. um, is that you actually had these politicians in other countries who said, no, 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 we're not doing this. It's too expensive. Or they decided to stay in cheaper hotels. Like to me, yeah. as a Canadian taxpayer looking at our federal government, I could even imagine one of our politicians going to another country and passing up a chance to stay at a four or five star hotel bill on the taxpayer dime. Like, could you imagine that as a Canadian taxpayer? It would absolutely be, it, it would just be crazy. It would never happen. Now, granted, it's, <laughs> you know, we're talking about a tenth of the cost of what the Liberals ran up uh, on that one hotel room in England for the Queen's funeral. But I mean, at the same time, that was that was my big takeaway from this as well, was that the Canadian government went to them and said, hey, we booked you guys a whole bunch of rooms. And they looked at the price tag and said, nine, that's too much. And then Are they you just, crazy? And yeah. then they went and stayed at the travel lodge by the airport. And why can't we have some of those people? Who were those people? I want names. And can we get them on our ballots? Yeah. Can they have a meeting with our prime minister, preferably over Zoom, right? So we don't have our prime minister meeting them at like the river suite again, $6,000 courtesy of the taxpayer. Um, so all of this is crazy, right? And when I said I didn't know where to start, it's because of the second fact that I'm going to throw at you fellas here. Uh, <laughs> the original budget for this was 1.8 million bucks. They went $650,000 over budget. So not that's, only did they spent like 30%. 30% like, over budget? 
you know, if only we could get Trans Mountain to only be 30% over budget. <laughs> Franco, guys- this is a win. This is a win for Canadian taxpayers. <laughs> Dude, do you guys remember like the Anchorman scene? You know, when he comes home, I don't know the what dogs- you mean, but yes. He, you know, he, the dogs he eats all the cheese, the way the wheel of cheese. Like, yeah. I don't even know how you did that. You know, it's impressive. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm watching these stories of taxpayer waste. And, and if I didn't realize that it was hardworking people's money that they're blowing like this, I'd almost be like, how in the world did you even manage to spend that much money? Uh, here, let me throw another story at you. It, it's it's um kind of similar, right? It's like a Jason. Um, it just broke from the National Post mm-hmm. that remember that Charlottetown cabinet retreat? Remember when Trudeau did that press conference? I think it was uh, earlier in the summer or the fall or something like that, where he said the one on affordability. So, yeah, that one. He's like, so, yeah, it's not an easy time to be a politician. Remember Mm -hmm. that press conference? Yeah. Well, they spent almost almost half a million dollars, more than four hundred thousand dollars on that three day cabinet retreat in Charlottetown. More than four hundred thousand dollars on a three day cabinet retreat on affordability. Like, yeah, are they like? What what is going on in their heads? Like I, I'm talking it's, high pitched right now because I don't even know how to comprehend this. Well, I mean, we we talked about when there was some preliminary stuff on that that came out, and I just said, you know what? Just as a rule, we should just establish in Canada that politicians are not allowed to expense meals where the price on the menu is just listed as market, just market price. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, we'll get a cheeseburger. Well, and then. And then this, I hadn't heard about this, but that's not unexpected at all. It just broke. I mean, it reminds me of the time the governor general and the battalion of bureaucrats that they sent to the Middle East for that week-long trip to Dubai, they spent almost six figures on in-flight catering food, right? <laughs> they they enjoyed beef wellington with Reju, Carpaccio, all those fancy feasts. Like, and then they and redacted spend- the amount of orange juice. Yeah, and then they tried to spin Canadians. They're like, oh, we're so surprised about the cost as well. You know, we had normal airplane food. Well, you know, I, I fly a lot like on Air Canada and WestJet. You can't even get beef Wellington flavored chips, let alone the real deal. <laughs> you know, I'd let you two go back and forth all night. Maybe that's what we should have done, too. Maybe we should have just scrapped every other headline known to man and just let you two go back and forth. Because, you know, the one thing we know about the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, they're going to lay it down on the government waste. And yep. it doesn't seem like that's coming to an end anytime soon. So let's let's usher in to fund the CBC for one, shall we? Because uh, CBC CEO Catherine Tate had her committee appearance. And uh, you were the guy that uh, I watched a video on, Franco. $99 million in CBC bonuses since 2015. Seems like I'm in the right industry just playing for the wrong team. <laughs> Well, and remember, like that's all paid for uh, by tax dollars. And, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're joking in this conversation, we're having a laugh, um, but we're doing that because the real issue here is that you have so many people who are struggling. I don't need to tell you guys, um, you know, how hard it has been, especially in places like Alberta since what, like the winter of 2015, right? And how many people have been struggling through that, that economic downturn, through the pandemic, through government lockdowns, now through uh, inflation, which was in large part driven by government policies, printing press, lockdowns, tax hikes, you name it. And then you find out that organizations like the CBC are handing out tens of millions of dollars in bonuses over the last couple of years. And so it was good to see Tate in front of the committee, um, 
essentially being cross-examined by all members of parliament. And the reason that Canadians even know about the bonuses, it's not that they proactively disclose this stuff. It's that the Canadian Taxpayers Federation got all this information from access to information requests. So before well, I let you guys jump back. This is your baby. Oh, yeah. We, we, we dug up this information, right? We, we dug it up. Oh, and well, this is, I guess it's a good thing we, we thought of you then. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. No, no, no. That that and and look and and what really drove me crazy watching the two hours of this, uh, let alone everything that we just kind of laid uh, to set the stage here, is so Tate started off her testimony saying that the CBC doesn't give out so-called bonuses. That's what she said. She said we give out at risk or performance pay. Uh everyone in everyone who's not employed by the CBC knows that those are just other words for bonus. Mm -hmm. But even more than that. Like the CBC's own records that they sent us because of access to information laws called them a bonus, right? So on the one hand, you have the CBC president saying that CBC is so important to essentially combat misinformation. But then on the very other hand, almost in the same sentence, you have the CBC's president trying to mislead Canadians. That's very true. Uh, I quite liked personally Andrew Shear's take on it, which was if their performance incentives... <laughs> and he detailed he's like your viewership is down you need more bailouts there's decreased trust in the media and he went on a few other things he's like what metric could you possibly use to justify a performance incentive well yeah the problem with all of this right is that this is happening throughout government departments at large it's happening throughout all like not all but through many, many crown corporations, Bank of Canada, bonuses, mm -hmm. Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation, bonuses, doesn't matter, right? Like, so this is happening. Um, but one of the big issues here beyond all of this is that we actually don't see like, it doesn't seem like Tate is going to reverse these bonuses, right? It, it Actually, she gave every indication that executives, including herself, are going to keep on the bonus gravy train. Right. And so Tate's compensation, when you look at everything she's paid over a year, is somewhere between 470K all the way up to $620,000. Of course, that's all paid for by the taxpayer. She gave every indication that bonuses are going to still go out to CBC executives, including herself. In fact, uh, kudos to Member of Parliament from Lethbridge, Rachel Thomas, who asked Tate mm -hmm. point blank, Do you think that you met the performance targets that would trigger your bonus? And Tate replied, absolutely yes that's what she said i thought she was i would love close. to see what those like what are the metrics i mean you we just talked uh, a week or two about how cbc uh the the entire radio system went down for a while uh you know i mean we've had so many different things about them getting details wrong or viewership dropping off and uh, they're whenever you see the top 30 uh shows in canada None of them are on the CBC. And I feel like if, I feel like I could start my own station and just play the log driver's waltz on repeat and it would get better ratings than the CBC. Twos, me and you tried running election coverage and had nothing but issues that night. And we still outperformed zero budget, the CBC. Zero advertising. And yeah. But hey, yeah, let's so. give a couple million dollar bonus out to the executives because they're doing a great job. Somewhere okay. in that world, folks, they think they're doing a good job because they're Not fighting the big yet. giant of us yahoos. Mm -hmm. They are. We're, we're behemoths, Sean. 
we're we're absolutely unstoppable at this point and and the only person who can possibly derail this train is a tiny little red-haired lady who may or may not live in new york Here, let me jump <laughs> and, in with one other thing so i really want to hit this i really want to hit this point home right because at the end of the day um the people who are supposed to be held accountable to canadian canadian taxpayers mm -hmm. are our members of parliament right and one other thing happened that uh, Thomas, the member of parliament from Lethbridge, she, she brought forward a very simple motion, force Tate to come back to the committee and disclose how many, how much money and bonuses she's going to pay out for 2023 and to the number of employees that will receive a bonus. Right. So a very pretty simple basic. motion, pretty, pretty basic. basic. She wasn't asking for personal information or ways to identify certain employees, just how much money and number of employees to get a bonus, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that should be basic information that all Canadian taxpayers deserve. So the motion failed. Conservative members of parliament voted in favor of it, but the motion failed because the Liberal, NDP, and Bloc MPs voted against the motion. And the Green, now, too, if I'm not mistaken. There's there's the, there's the tweet, uh, there uh, Franco. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can see right there okay, all the, the on it. who voted against yeah. it, right? A couple Liberals, one NDP and one Bloc MP, voted against it we tagged them um yep. because accountability uh one of the members of parliament there tried to take a shot at me trying to say hey those are in the annual reports but they're not and, and it was almost like that member of parliament wasn't even listening to the it's the the committee because right in the committee Tate confirmed that the information was released because of an access to information request. Of course, that access to information request came from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. So at the end of the day, like why are those members of parliament trying to hide the bonus information that Canadian taxpayers deserve. It's it's completely unacceptable. Completely agree. Appreciate you coming on, Franco. I, yes, I wish Franco. I, I know I know Tuz is sitting there going, we, we, we should be talking longer about this. I'm like, listen, folks, Tuz is giving me got, 30 bloody headlines to get through here tonight. More and, than um, 30. That's right. So, Fran hey, thanks. Thanks for coming, Franco. Chris, we love you. You're up next. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're not we, we're, we're not cheating on you with Franco. You're, you're still our go-to. Hey, uh, Franco, appreciate it coming on, and I appreciate everything the Canadian Taxpayers Federation is doing and uh, the work you guys continue yes. to do. I, I put you guys in the same breath as Blacklock's reporter because between the two That's of you, um, the the amount of stuff you break for the the Canadian taxpayer, the Canadian just citizen, is a bit insane when you think about it. And um, the fact that CBC continues to do things and our federal uh, um, representatives continue to try and block said things is uh, a head scratcher. Um, although if I'm sure if people dig deeper and harder on it, they'll find some. Uh, well, I'm sure that'll come out here at some point, won't it? Either way, Franco, thanks for hopping on and giving us some time tonight. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you. Take okay, that's Franco Terrazano. Now, folks, we have to turn up the pace here because. As I said, Tooze has got, oh, he's got me sweating today. Okay, here we go. This week in politicians resigning. Here we go. Let's see how many we can get through uh, in the next 40 minutes. MLA for Moose Jaw, Wacomo has resigned. I, I have no idea. Is that how you say Wacomo that? Wacomo or Wacomo? Wacomo? I don't know. Has resigned from the Saskatchewan Party Caucus after Moose Jaw police uh, charged him with assault. Greg Lawrence, 58, was charged with assault contrary to Section 266 of the Criminal Code and assault by choking. 
Yeah, which is pretty fucking specific. I didn't realize that there was a specific like it's not just it's not just assault. It's assault by choking. And so like if if you're gonna get into weird specific, oddly strange ways that elected officials just bow out of things, this has got to be right up there. And it's the second one in in a few months. You had the uh, the guy from Turtle Lake, if I recall Tur- correctly. Turtle for get busted for prostitution Turtleford. in the in the middle of a, a sting operation in the middle in of the, the middle day. of the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to get a daytime hooker, and this is this is I don't know two for two. I guess there, here's another two for in politics. Uh, this week. An emergency debacles. Okay, this this is a friend of the show. I got okay. a lot of time for for uh, uh, Jocelyn Berziak. You so remember is... who originally told you that she should be on your show? Correct. Right? Uh, Twos did. Here's what Sundance Construction wrote. Uh, I really don't want to hear fuck all about how good Canadian healthcare is. After work, one of my guys had a table saw mishap, and it was pretty. Uh, and it wasn't pretty. Bone good, missed tendons, but it's a mess. I did the initial trauma care, but after seven hours in the waiting room, it needed to be addressed. We told the emergency room staff to get me in the dressing kits and surgical closures. They didn't want to, but in the end gave them to us. I cleaned and irrigated it and did the closures myself, packed it, wrapped it, I did, uh, and we'll do the follow-up wound care myself. Not going to lie, I was shaking, uh, shaking hard doing it. I have never had to do one so serious without some outside medical care so that's josh on bursey another an story badass and another story from manitoba right that that's the third story i think we've had in as no, many weeks this is this is uh fourth this is the fourth week in a row if i'm not mistaken that we've been doing this so, so Jocelyn, nice work. If you yeah. have no idea who that is, she's been on the podcast multiple times. That's one badass lady, and she's just showing a different way on how she can just completely take care of herself. She is a... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was another one in Winnipeg. <laughs> and it, and it, the NHL game where everyone is an all-star. Here, let's let's take a look at this. My buddy this told is a... me this is just a microdose of mushrooms. And... Oh, man. So my buddy told me this is just a microdose of mushrooms, and he was lying. So I'll be honest, I thought I was in Blades of Glory for most of the time that I was out there until it sort of settled down, and then I realized, holy I am at the NHL All-Star Game. That <laughs> is literally Michael Buble at a press conference. The guy who did the bubbly soft drink advertisements and is basically number two in Christmas songs in the world next to Mariah Carey. That dude was tripping balls on psilocybin at the All-Star game. Yeah, I. uh, (laughs) What did you say? Um, some people are like the Buble is going to be their next their go to guy now. Right. Like, yeah, that's just about as wild as it gets. You know? I think it was wonderful. And then uh, and then the other one was that there was a bunch of people bitching on Twitter that uh, they didn't do the national anthem in French. In and both. So, and, and I saw like this, the most absolutely wonderful takedown of it. Sean, you got it ready? No, I don't. I took it down. I'm like, I'm moving okay, on. Here's, hey. here's what it is. The Frenchman hate you and says, go fuck your... Okay, so there's another guy like, fuck the French. You know, another French guy triggered. This Frenchie gets in and he's all pissed off. And he says, the Frenchman hate you and says, go fuck yourself. While your old redhead Canadian old lady is sleeping into a dumpster. And while your sissy pussy son is being f by Jessica Yanov, a typical Canadian hero. 
I didn't even know what to say. I was like, that is just, it's poetic. It's beautiful. I need to talk about it live on the internet. The importance of an honest conversation. So here, this is, uh, this was sent George, uh, George Chahill, uh, when premier Alberta, oh, well, when premier Daniel Smith comes to Ottawa next week, I hope she'll explain to natural resources committee, why she's putting clean energy investments at risk. And she responded back. I'd be happy to come speak. Is this a formal invitation? As luck would have it. I just landed in Ottawa. Yes. And then she actually followed up in a press conference where she said, I was invited by George Chahal. I hope he follows through with the invitation. I've freed up time to come speak to you people about it. Thing about it is, is that this is a pause on approval of windmills over one megawatt. It doesn't negate any ones that are existing. It just says that the application process is not going to be stamped until at least March where they finally hammer out a lot of the regulations, which is just a wild west and they don't exist. And I don't know why nobody at the UCP could ever just say that. Smoke them if you got them. A, re a review of prescribed safer supply programs in BC says the province should increase the range of drugs available to include smokable fentanyl and other substances, because why not? BC Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry says in a report that the province should work with drug makers and distributors to expand choices for those at risk of overdose. The report says an ethical analysis of prescribed safer supply concludes that interventions to reduce certain or severe harms are justified, even if it means there may be uncertain harms to the broader population. <laughs> yeah. Also... I'm pretty sure that Pfizer and AstraZeneca are going to start manufacturing fentanyl for the Canadian government. Oh, yeah, boy, oh, boy. Oh, and kids are getting uh, fentanyl from vending oh. machines in BC as well. Uh, before we before we, we, we skip that, 100%, I was talking to Vance about this today, so I'm going to bring it up so you can actually see what the heck I'm talking about. Uh, critics are raising concerns that drugs from Vancouver's groundbreaking safe supply nar narcotic vending machines could be ending up in the hands of youth. The My uh, Safe machines are meant to provide people with addiction access to a safer drug alternative without fear, shame, or stigma. And there you go. There's, there's the machines. Yeah, or right ID checks. Oh, There's a reason why you can't buy. Remember in the eighties, that small town bar in your hometown had the vending machine with the smokes in it. You know why they got rid of that? Because you can't actually check to see how old somebody is when you put five bucks in the machine. All right. So th th this brings us to NDP blows the roof off the lobby. This is uh, this is I'll play just a, a quick little thing here. Marty up north, friend of the show, uh, had a tweet out the video here with uh, Jagmeet Singh getting interviewed and asking questions. So here we'll we'll play just a, a small snippet of uh, of it. When you see uh, long food bank lines and sprawling tent cities, do you feel any responsibility for the struggles that so many Canadians are facing right now? By virtue of keeping the liberals in power. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the question. Um, so I, I love the question is I just love that the guy he's co-paneling with had to explain to him the nuance of the question. When somebody from the Canadian mainstream legacy journalism crowd asks you a question and you're still not smart enough to understand it. You're probably not smart enough to be leading a party, let alone trying to run for prime See, minister, I, which luckily is never going to fucking happen. And I and I was saying it too before we started the show. What I was fascinated by was his answer on power. I have power. 
because it's a minority government and what can I do with said power? And he talks about why would we invoke, uh, you know, a, a federal election where it's going to cost the taxpayers a whole bunch of money and nothing gets sculpted. That no, was, that was his mindset. Okay, so this is the most power that the NDP are likely to ever have in Parliament. I mean, on an infinite timeline, sure. But let's face it, Canada is going to implode in the next 50 years. And so he's he's not going to force an election because him being the swaying votes, it's it's not anything that he's ever going to be able to top reasonably ever. And triggering an election that brings a conservative majority is just pissing away all that power that he's been craving for so long. But but he was talking about how the CBC or pardon me, the CPC has a bunch of lobbyists in that in that clip. Uh, that's factually incorrect, but it's kind of vaguely close. And then it turns out that everybody on Twitter was like, well, you know what? If you've got here's here's a lobbying firm co-founded by NDP strategist Brian Top lobbying on behalf of Loblaws. Here's uh, Katie Telford lobbying for Pfizer Canada. Katie Telford, the um, manager of the prime minister's office or some such damn thing basically the head uh, bureaucratic person for the Liberal Party is a lobbyist for Pfizer. Is anybody shocked by that? And then Stephen Taylor, it took me two minutes on the lobbyist registrar to find senior liberals actively lobbying for Canada's top grocery chains. You probably don't want to pursue this. Okay, this is, and then also there was uh, Trudeau stayed in Galen West or Galen Weston's cabin uh, a couple years ago during COVID. So there's, all of that, that uh, Jagmeet Singh's stupid inane comment just blew the lid off of. Irony. Liberal death cult hampered by its own bureaucracy. You hate to see karma hit people like this, Sean. <laughs> Health officials are slow walking plans to expand the program, stating there are not enough, I'm talking about made folks, uh, are, are not enough doctors, specifically psychiatrists in Canada, to evaluate mentally ill people who wish to die, according to the announcement made by Health Minister Mark Holland and Justice Minister Arif Varani. Uh, and then I, I thought uh, it worthwhile to point out over 13,000 Canadians were euthanized as part of the program in 2022. Yeah, that's more than people die of fentanyl, I think. Don't quote me on that. I'm just pulling it out of my butt. But it's a big it's a big damn number. And then also, apparently, it's going to be illegal for us to try and discourage you to partake in made, you know, to try and scare you away from it. I could go to jail for saying that it would fucking kill you. So bring it on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's actually a good point to bring up. This was uh, Lion Advocacy. In Canada, if you interfere or impede someone from accessing medical assistance and dying or cause them fear, uh, you could be arrested and put in jail for up to 10 years. That's right, folks. Jail for trying to save a life. You can't make this stuff up. So, yes, uh, that's that's important to point out as well, too. Yep. Is that why Loblaw is given $11 million in freezers? Technically, it was $12 million. And my theory is that Jagmeet Singh is in cahoots with Galen Weston. Put on your tinfoil hats for a second, folks. He has done nothing but discourage new entrants into the grocery market with all of this grandstanding, and no one's going to want to get in, which means that it's strengthening the uh, grocery cartel in Canada. And it's working so well that it can't possibly any be anything but on purpose. Oh, tinfoil hat wearing. 
something we do from time to time here. Zane, most psychiatrists hung up their keys after Bill C4. I don't know which one Bill C4 was, but it sounds like it was the bomb. God save Queens. Queens University new provost Matthew Evans, who has been overseeing controversial budget cuts, negotiated a tenured professorship for his wife when he was hired last year as the Kingston, Ontario school's top academic and budgetary authority. And this is all coming of news of the unsettling hiring decision has landed loudly on campus when widespread layoffs are anticipated among staff. Entire academic programs are facing elimination. A hiring freeze is imposed across the entire school. Adjunct professors and junior lecturers face drastically reduced employment opportunities. And students worry about the effect of all this on their education. Queens is on a precipice. They're spending way too much money. They don't have enough money coming in. They bring in this guy to just slash across the board, like the two bobs in office space. Like, what would you say you do around here sort of thing? This is that guy, and they're going to bring him in to save them money. And he says, okay, cool. I'll come in to save you guys money if you give my wife a cushy job. The irony. The irony, Sean. Queens can fuck off. Smith takes fangs out of people who want to take dicks off. <laughs> oh, boy. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, and, uh, you're not wrong. All right. Here. Um, you probably heard lots about it, folks, but here, here's some of the facts. Alberta's new gender-affirming pronoun policies announced by Alberta Premier Daniel Smith. Top and bottom, bottom gender-affirming surgeries will be banned for minors age 17 and under. Doctors say bottom surgeries aren't performed on youth and top surgeries are rare. Uh, puberty blockers and hormone therapies for gender affirmation will not be permitted for children under 15 and under. Youth age 16 and 17 will be permitted to start hormone therapies for gender affirmation as long as they are deemed mature enough and have parental physician and psychologist approval. Parental notification and consent will be required for a school to alter the name or pronouns of any child under 15. Students who are 16 or 17 won't need permission, but schools will need to let their parents know first. Parents will have to opt in their children every time a teacher plans to teach about gender identity, sexual orientation, or sexuality. Alberta law uh, currently requires parental notification, gives them the option to opt students out. All third-party teaching materials on gender identity, sexual orientation, or sexuality will need to be approved in advance by the education ministry. Transgender women will be banned from competing in women's sports leagues. Smith said the government will work with leagues to set up co-ed or gender neutral divisions for sports. There you go. That's that's the, that's the big... That's, that's what everybody's losing their goddamn minds about. Basically, they're saying trans rights are human rights and they're denying us our rights. And the only thing being denied to these people is the right to cut people's dicks off. And you know what? Here's the thing. If you guys think it's super important to just cut a dick off because because you, I don't know, collect them or you can trade them for fentanyl at vending machines in BC or whatever the hell it is. There's a whole shit ton of sex offenders that are getting out on bail in Canada that you could track down, not through the sex registry because they're not registered there, but some other way you could probably get a hold of them and maybe get the machete from the guy off the Greyhound bus and just go hack and slash just like the guy from Queens was supposed to do to the budget. Just cut off all those dicks and no one is going to stop you. And I half thought, them say they're a transgender anyway, so they'd be happy about it, right? 
I thought this was a great uh, uh, tweet from Kirk uh, Lubomoff. He said, a reminder, in Alberta, it is illegal for under 18-year-olds to use a tanning bed, even with consent, and for under 25, require an ID. So there you go. Okay, so Daniel Smith with the evil UCP wants everyone in Alberta to be super white. <laughs> uh, I literally have nothing to add to this whatsoever. Yeah, you know, the funny thing was, was I think the sub, sub, uh, you know, little bits of information went all the way to P on this. And so I was like, you know, all the way from A to P, by the way, it's not just like a dick joke again. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I was like, I don't know where Sean's going to go with this, but we could go anywhere and there's nothing but gold. Uh, okay, Elon says it best. Tweeted, when you hear the names of legislation or anything done by the government, it is worth remembering that the group that sent so many people to the guillotine during the French Revolution was called the Committee of Public Safety, not the Cut cut Off Their Heads Committee. Okay, this is perfect. This is a point that I've tried to make a bunch of times, but I'm not Elon Musk, sadly. And there's several billion reasons why. Anyway, the thing about it is when people talk about affordable housing or $10 a day daycare, does it actually cost only $10 a day? Fuck no. It costs way more than that, but the rest of the cost is hidden. When it's affordable housing, it makes it affordable for a very small select few at the vast overwhelming detriment of everyone else, including other people who could be better helped by just getting out of the way. And it doesn't matter what it is that the government does. Basically, they always try and come up with come, some kind of a sexy name, and it's always wrong. Carbon tax? It's technically not on carbon. It's on carbon dioxide. Which Did you see what Elon Musk video put out? Did you see the Elon Musk says a carbon tax would solve a bunch of the problems? How much do you like Milton Friedman? Dude, the guy's a god. Like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that when he went up there with the, that dude in the beard you like so much, he was like, here, take my seat. Okay. So anyway, Milton Friedman, I mean, he, he didn't, he's Jewish. So he went to hell, but, uh, <laughs> well, cause they don't believe in heaven. There's nothing about heaven in like, there's, there's heaven. Get to your point. Get to your point. Okay, anyway, Milton Friedman makes a decent argument that, when a third party is being extraneously negatively affected by the actions of another person, there should be some sort of a mechanism in place to disincentivize that behavior and to provide them recompense for negative afflictions. Now, in a situation, for example, like Canada, where we've got so many billion trees that were a carbon sink, there's quite a lot of wiggle room before that becomes an actual practical application of it. However, Outside of that, there is a very limited, decent argument you could make for a small carbon tax. Actually, maybe this is the better one. Hughes is an idiot. <laughs> it's not mine. It's it's Milton Friedman. I know. I know. Line isn't. The line isn't Milton Friedman is an idiot because he's not. The man's a genius, or at least he used to be until he died. <laughs> I'm just saying all your praise for Elon Musk and he's he's walking around now with a video saying a, a carbon tax could solve a lot of the problems. No, no, well, how's not that Canada? Okay, you know how's what? that going in China? Canada? China? India? Absolutely. Yeah, they're not gonna China ain't putting on a carbon tax. No. Yeah. 
You know right. what? I mean, we didn't even have a coronavirus tax. That would have been awesome. There's only four people in Canada who can't get bail. Okay, this this is a wild story. Here we go. A man accused of importing a large enough load of methamphetamine to give every Manitoban three doses of the drug was granted bail in Brandon Court on Thursday. Yeah. And I'm going to butcher Meanwhile, this. Meanwhile, every single Manitoban is like, we could have each had three doses. <laughs> Kamal Preet Singh Sidhu, 29, of Winnipeg, is facing charges of importing and exporting and trafficking methamphetamine after Canada Border Services Agency's officers seized 406. Here, and I'm going I'm to pull it up here so everybody can see this, this juggernaut. Holy Mackinac. That's what they seized. 406 kilograms of the drug while inspecting the semi-truck that he was attempting to drive across the Bosavane border crossing on January 14th. To be fair, there's probably like 20 pounds of saran wrap in there. Sure. Sure. Approximately $50 million worth. He got bail. Yeah. I mean, which, you know, in, in Canadian currency is like about enough to buy a pack of gum, a pack of bacon, and a loaf of bread. But it used to be a lot of money back in the day. Controversial propaganda outlet calls podcast controversial. Spotify has penned a new multi-year deal with uh, controversial podcast host Joe Rogan, whose enormously popular show will soon be available on competing platforms, including YouTube and Apple Podcasts. The Wall Street Journal, which first reported the new deal on Friday, estimated the new contract was worth as much as $250 million U.S. over its multi-year term. Which kind of means nothing. Like if it's a four hundred year contract, that's not crazy money. He had a hundred. He got a hundred million dollars for three and years. And that probably, yeah, I was gonna say it was probably. About now he's getting a deal ago. of two hundred and fifty million. Obviously, it worked out well for Spotify. Yeah, and it shows you where where the money's going. It's going to alternative um, shows, like two hundred fifty yeah, million dollars. Doesn't do that. Look at I mean, look at what Tucker CBC Carlson on, on X. Actually, you know what? It's peanuts compared to what CBC gets. So you're saying all the money's going there, but no, CBC gets all of it. <laughs> like stepfather, like stepson. Uh, as Justice Minister in 1967, former Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau argued against revoking the citizenship of Canadian citizens. Uh, citizen, the Soviet Union had convicted of heading a firing squad responsible for the death of 5,100 Jews during the Second World War, says a 670-page report prepared for the Commission of Inquiry on Wars Criminals decades ago. The document, now largely unredacted, was released by the Library and Archives on Thursday. It was originally prepared for the Duchesne's Commission, which in the mid-1980s investigated Nazi immigration into Canada. Other newly uh, unredacted parts of Riddell's report reveal that in 1954, the RCMP was aware that the United States was trying to resettle in Canada people who had aided in, in fighting against communism. Riddell wrote the U.S. told the RCMP that some of those individuals had criminal records, of which a number rose from cases involving moral turpitude, a category she claimed included former Nazis. Yeah, so Pierre Elliott Trudeau swept a bunch of Nazi shit under the rug and and just gave it the okay pass before he became prime minister. And then you'll recall Justin Trudeau, the liberals recently invited a Nazi to parliament where they gave him a standing fucking ovation. And then Anthony Rota got fired over it, basically. And then it came out literally today that 
Anthony Rota was the fall guy because they produced the actual letter that had invited him there. And it wasn't on behalf of Anthony Rota's office or his constituency. It was directly from the office of the prime minister. So they fucking lied. I'm shocked. I don't want to buzzer because I think that's a huge point to make that it was the prime minister's office that invited him. I think that's like everyone should sit on that for just two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how? yeah. Warnings on smokes. Step it up. Um, this is Corey Morgan. Here you go. He goes, how about putting this kind of imagery on meth? fentanyl pipes and syringes that are handed out oh no though wouldn't want to stigmatize the addicts right Here's okay, the so pack of yeah you, you got pack of smokes now that have crazy pictures on them and of like some kind of open heart surgery or some damn thing and then it looks like the individual smokes are now being stamped with pithy sayings about how bad they are for you right if if you really want people to stop smoking you should probably put whatever the hell the current price of a pack of cigarettes is on that in big letters, because that's what's actually going to stop people from smoking. And you know what? Here's the thing, Sean, is if if we're going to put giant glaring warnings on everything that's bad for you, I want a picture of a foreclosure on a ballot next to the NDP. I was going to say maybe a picture on something that gets jabbed in your arm. But uh, hey, what do I know? Dude, 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 we got that coming up. They've totally turned a corner. It's not just Canada. Um, as reported by Tom's Hardware, there are about 1,900 official government application procedures that stipulated businesses must submit floppies or CD-ROMs specifically containing supplementary data until last week. Finally, this however, Japan. Japan's Ministry of Economy, Trade and Industry is looking to abandon this outdated practice. So they were still requiring CD-ROMs or floppy disks. Yeah, the little three and a half inch floppy disks that the save icon looks like. You had to actually submit those still to this day in Japan. So it's not like Revenue Canada where they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to fax you something. And you're like, where? I don't even know anybody who has a fax machine. It's not just Canada. All bureaucracy around the world has no incentive to innovate because they have a monopoly like Milton Friedman talks about in other discussions. And as a result, they're still dealing with floppy disks, which are 1.44 megabytes. You probably couldn't even fit a half decent spreadsheet on it anywhere. And they're finally now getting with they're moving on to the 80s. Like, I remember those giant laser disks? That's probably the next thing that uh, the Japan's going to move to. <laughs> Breaking news. Nerds hate jocks. Allowing children to play impact sports such as rugby or boxing amounts to a form of child abuse, researchers from three British universities said in a new study. Letting children play impact sports contradicts existing British laws that prohibit child abuse and that sports governing bodies effectively groom children into sustaining and accepting brain trauma. See, I don't know. Personally, I think contact sports like that are a great thing to have in england because let's face it the more teeth those limey no bastards get knocked out the better they're gonna look <laughs> tampon tamp off the tampon dispenser in a boy's bathroom in a kinetic 
Connecticut school was ripped down 20 minutes after being installed. The principal sent out an email describing the event as the most egregious instance of vandalism and promised consequences for the list of suspects. Democrats in Connecticut passed a law requiring all schools to have a menstrual products in at least one boy's bathroom. And it goes on. Hey, that's scroll from down in, in the comments there. One of the comments I should have warned you about it ahead of time was that somebody put a picture of it. There it is. There it is. Someone had ripped it off the wall and put it in the shitter where it belongs. And that was just beautiful. Okay. Now, look, I get it. I'm going to catch hell. Um, you know, anybody who. Uh, You're going to catch hell for, no, for no, no, this no, story? For what I'm about to say. From what well. I'm about to say. <laughs> Chuck Prodnick's going to beat the shit out of me. Uh, so, military guys, you guys are complaining because you're not supposed to. You you think it's dehumanizing or whatever else. But tampons were initially invented to uh, staunch the bleeding from bullet wounds. If you would want them anywhere, you would want them on military bases. I don't see what you guys are complaining about. White liberals. Great job on the um, great job on the military roundup. By the way, I still got a few minutes of it left to go, but uh, but I quite enjoyed it. Except for the fact that when I pitched you the idea for the coins on the show, I specifically mentioned Chuck Prodnick as the kind of person who would appreciate small quantities of silver. And I was like, and what are small quantities of silver usually shaped like? And you're like, coins. I'm like, exactly. You should look into this. You should do it. And then you did it. And then you gave one to Chuck Prodnick, who I specifically mentioned in the pitch for you to start giving out coins. And you couldn't even give me the decency of a shout out, you motherfucker. White liberals are crazy. Twos is kind of embodying it right now, folks. White liberals are more prone <laughs> to mental health disorders than individuals who identify as conservatives or moderates, according to a Pew Research Center survey. 62% of whites who classify themselves as very liberal or liberal have been told by a doctor they have a mental health condition as compared to 26% of conservatives and 20% of moderates, the study found. I don't even know how I could possibly improve on anything you just said. It surprises no one. And it's just, yeah, 62% yeah, of white liberals have mental health issues or have been officially diagnosed with mental health issues. I'm guessing there are 28% or 38% rather that uh, just haven't gotten around to seeing a doctor yet. Maybe they live in Canada. Uh, <laughs> the bare necessities. If this isn't the, like, this is just a great story. Massive taxidermy polar bear stolen in bizarre Canadian heist. Us Canadians, we love stealing weird stuff. I'll, I'll give it that. The bear standing some 12 feet tall is believed to have been snatched during the cold snap in early January with temperatures nearly minus 30 degrees Celsius. It was reported stolen on January 22nd by the operators of the Lily Lake Resort, according to police. And that resort is located in Sturgeon County, about 50K north of Edmonton, Twos. This is wonderful. They stole a like so polar bears. I'm not sure if you realize how big these motherfuckers are, but they are not tiny. Okay. So for perspective, I found this on Reddit. So it's definitely legit and it's a quality <laughs> drawing. So if you look closely, you will see a cartoon of a park ranger who looks a lot like Rogue from the 90s X-Men comic. She's all green and she's got real perky breasts. And she's standing next to a whole bunch of bears and being absolutely dwarfed by them. The Ursus Maritimus polar bear, male length, 240 to 260 centimeters. I have no idea how big that is, but I'm guessing it's huge. 
biped height, 270 centimeters tall. But anyways, next to next to Rogue the Ranger, massive, <laughs> massive specimen. And they just heisted it. This isn't something you sneak in your back pocket. It's not some taxidermied <laughs> raccoons, which, by the way, apparently was the setup heist for this. This is the one where they felt things out. Was This isn't even the first taxidermy heist that has been pulled at this lodge. I'm beginning to think there's a pattern here. Uh, China is an asshole. Okay. Oh, here we go. Derek Holmadal. Polar bear rug at Halford Hides is 10K. I believe it. China is asshole. All right. Foreign interference networks are deeply embedded in Canadian politics and operate at every level of government, according to a declassified intelligence report obtained by Global News. The Canadian Security Intelligence Service report released under the Access to Information Act also warned that foreign interference was incrementally weakening Canada's democracy. It said foreign interference was unlike traditional diplomatic activity in that it used secrecy and deception to influence Canadian policymaking, public narratives, and civil society. Quoted, foreign interference networks are active throughout Canada and at all levels of government. Many of these networks are deeply embedded in Canada's pol political and social fabric, the report said. This is so bizarre. Sean, I find it absolutely baffling that the communist country waging an ongoing war of disinformation against Western civilization that donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Trudeau Foundation actively is trying to affect the outcomes of elections and in such a way that the prime minister who got all that money to his foundation didn't seem fit to mention to the public. I mean, what the hell could possibly be going on here? None of this is news. It's just further evidence being uncovered in this. And there's there's nothing, I don't know, there's nothing relevatory in this. It's just, hey, there's more of it. We've got more receipts. At what point is enough going to be enough? I, I think it's deeply troubling. That That's for sure. I mean, we, we, we heard about this. We, we've been talking off and on about this, too, for... Um, multiple weeks right uh it, it comes as a recurring theme probably once a month right now and uh they said oh it's not that bad it's not that bad that's no, it's pretty bad the vaccines are getting better <laughs> i know now he's pulling my leg the latest version they of the, COVID, the, the latest version of the covid19 vaccines were 54 percent effective and preventing symptomatic infection in adults according to the first u.s study to assess how well the shots work and the cdc recommends the new shots for everyone six months or older folks this Meanwhile, is amazing, this is amazing news, Sean. Honestly, like they're the technology here is growing by leaps and bounds. All right, they're all the way up to after several years of this and people being on like their 1938 whatever injection, they're now up to 54% effective. I think honestly, this is you know, if they can round that hump at 60%, I'll be ready. It, it'll be time. This is the, the the video we didn't show is this is while uh, there was a CTV news report about heart attacks and how they're they're on the rise. Sixty thousand Canadians are having them, uh, and and now the majority of those are below the age of sixty five. But yeah, nothing weird, nothing to see here, folks. Just, you know, probably about two two and a half three years ago, they all just the the stats just went right off a cliff, and they haven't figured out if there was any giant event. See. 
giant event that just correlated with that. I wonder, I wonder what the kind of spitballing they're doing. Anybody have any ideas? Does anybody wonder maybe what might have been the issue? I just will never know. Total eclipse of the education system. The latest, or sorry, the Toronto uh, District School Board has approved a staff recommendation of changing the date of an upcoming professional activity day, a PA day, to coincide with a rare solar eclipse to to set to rise above parts of Canada. On Wednesday, solar eclipses aren't rare, for the record. I agree. Uh, on Wednesday, the trustees voted in favor, 21 to 1, of a staff recommendation to move the PA day from Friday, April 19th to Monday, April 8th, to align with the total solar eclipse out of abundance of caution. And it was quoted, out of concern for student safety and well-being and to mitigate any operational impacts that may be caused by the eclipse. The yeah, article went on clear, to say did, that it did would they be realize like, that, that it really only goes on for a couple minutes, even if you're in the path of totality. Yeah, I and that like it's a total cool thing to do at school and see it and like build a, like it's a teacher. That kids would remember for their whole lives. But here's right. the thing is when it comes to the, it doesn't matter what union you're in Canada, whenever there's an opportunity for anything, the answer is always you're going to have to give us the day off work. No matter what it is, it's never like, oh, you know what? That sounds really difficult. Maybe we could help you out with that. Or, oh, you know what? We'd really love to go above and beyond the call of duty. Like, oh, no, nope, no. Nope. Danger pay, day off work, fuck off. The sun isn't going to be the only thing blacked out that day, I tell you what. That's what our unions are in Canada today, and it drives me crazy. Grocers checking out of Canada. Uh, Industry Minister Francois. Philippe Champagne is once again insisting that he is reaching out to international grocers in the hopes they will open up shop in Canada. The minister says he spoke to one foreign grocer just this morning as part of his efforts to court new players to join the Canadian grocery sector. Champagne met with Canadian grocers in the fall about food inflation and demanded they create plans to stabilize grocery prices or face consequences, including potential tax measures. Sean. Let's put on our tinfoil hats for a second. I've got a theory about this, and I think that Jagmeet Singh is in <laughs> cahoots with Galen Weston. You're <laughs> ESG falling off a cliff. Japanese retail investors are banning ESG mutual funds. Investors pulled a total of 660 billion yen, 4.5 billion for uh, relevance, from funds last year, according to the research firm Morningstar. That's more than four times the outflows of 150 billion yen in 2022. The shift is due to investors favoring mutual funds focused on specific investment themes rather than the sustainability goals related to ESG funds. Why do people invest money, Sean? To make money. To make money. And what's the point of ESG funds, Sean? Not to make money. Not to make money. So so you've got this vehicle designed to make money, and you put in something, you put it in a direction that money does not come from. And then when people have been in that vehicle for a while, they're like, oh, you know what? This isn't going the direction I want. I'm going to hop off, and I'm going to go back in this direction. Spoiler alert. Nobody's surprised by any of this. This is the entirely expected outcome. I have been talking about this for literally years, and I've felt sometimes like I've been talking to a wall. Not with you specifically, but just people, man. They're the fucking worst. Mark Garrison is not a serious person. He had a... I, I, I don't even know what you want me to say here. 
All right, what, what, okay. what do you want me all to right, say? So Mark Garretson, all right. Mark Garretson presented a, a petition in the House of Commons the other day about solidarity with the Ukraine government, and it garnered over 30 signatures. And while it was being presented, he was being mocked. What's your take on it, Sean? That's it. That's that's exactly what happened. It, that's exact. Okay, so so this guy presents this video of him getting shit talked in Parliament, and he puts his own subtitles on there in Comic Sans font, and then the guy wonders why nobody takes him fucking seriously. He puts he puts forth a thirty signature petition. You and I could get a thirty signature petition to say that we we should each get a billion dollars. And we could present it in Parliament, and it would have more legitimacy than his because we would actually use Times New Roman, okay? You know, if we got 30 signatures on that and presented it at Parliament, we might actually get it enacted. People might be like, that actually makes a lot of sense. I bet you Tuz and Sean could do a lot of good with that money. We would. <laughs> We'd spend 600 grand on luxury hotels that nobody stayed in just, just because yeah, we could. We just... We we put we spent half a million dollars designing the architecture for the solar panels on a barn that we're never <laughs> even going to go to. Zane Zane again, ESG yet another unicorn of blind hopes. Zane, what is that car in your picture? While we wait, Jamaican, your own set of rules, Justin. Um, I was hoping you were going to do an accent. I can't. I, I can't do it. I can't. I, I can't do it, folks. I'm just happy I read it off right. Canadians interim ethics commissioner. How about this for a name? Okay, this is this is like, this is a great name. Ethics commissioner Conrad von Finkenstein. Finkenstein. Yeah, because he doesn't sound like a 1930s vampire. Who's the Who's the kicker from uh, Ace Ventura? Finkel. Finkel. Yeah. Finkelstein. I don't know. It's a great, it's a great name. Laces Finkenstein. Has confirmed know. that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau consulted his office in advance of his latest Jamaican vacation. And he was within the rules to accept the gifted accommodation from a friend. Quoted, he consulted us and we advised him. Von Finkenstein told MPs while testifying before the House of Commons Ethics Committee around the rules, gifts, and trips on Tuesday. He indicated that as far as the ethics office is concerned, the matter is closed furthermore i can't remember if it was in there or not but uh von finkelstein said that if the gift had been uh of an outrageous amount or value he would have stepped in and stopped it this did vacation say, which retail did you just say von finkelstein whatever the hell is that's name great is. i don't that's know great I've gotten know. in your head. I, I can't. I can't be the only person who butchers names on this, sh or you can't be the only person who butchers <laughs> names on this show. <laughs> so, Finkel's so yes. Amazing. Anyway, yeah, Heinorn, they, they were totally laces out on this one again. And <laughs> so, he had said he had said that if the gift had been of an outrageous value, that he would have shut that shit down. But the retail gift of that vacation was $84,000. At Correct. what point does it start being a little bit fucking ludicrous? 
Carbon strategy taxing liberal support. The federal government is considering a rebrand of the rebate program for its carbon pricing system in an attempt to tackle what it calls confusion and misconceptions about the scheme. The multi-department effort includes weighing whether a name change for the rebate would boost perceptions and ongoing efforts to improve banks' labeling of the quarterly payments. Any change would come into place as the government rolls out its yearly update on the carbon price and the rebate. Here's the thing. You, you know what to really turn around things as far as this carbon tax goes? Throwing it out the goddamned window. I don't think renaming it is it's it's not an empty wallet. It's a wallet void of money. This this there's no painting lipstick on this fucking pig, Sean. But I really hope they try. Uh, I look forward to seeing what they call it. Liberals down but not out. Liberal candidate Fred Hutton has won the by-election in Conception Bay, East Bell Island, and will become Newfoundland and Labrador's newest MHA. Throughout all 51 reported polls, Hutton defeated PC candidate Tina Neary, 2,600 votes to 2,100, securing 45.9% of the vote. This win marks the first time the district has switched hands since 2003. So to be clear, this is a provincial by-election, not a federal one. Fair. And Conception Bay, Newfoundland is a very appropriate name considering how well the liberals are known for fucking the taxpayers. The benefits of hoarding. This, this is our happy news. This is a cool story. Okay. A mysterious case of 1979 hockey cards has been found in Regina basement could fetch over a million dollars and maybe more. Now, before I say what type of hockey cards they are, does anybody want to just throw out a guess of one of your favorite hockey cards back in the time? I know what it is because I'm the one who linked the story, but continue. I'm, I'm just giving people time. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. We'll throw it out. Throw it out. Does anybody even know what we're talking about? Maybe somebody else saw the story. Nobody's jumping in on it. Okay. Okay. Well, in the meantime, uh, Zane said, oh, well, yeah, I guess there's that one too. Cause there was a whole bunch that popped up. Uh, just texted to a couple other picks of the 60. Uh, he said it's a 60 Corvette just finished for a customer left last year. I prefer the 72, but that is nice. Zane and Derek home at all. You're right. Opeachy. Nice, solid pick though. David Robinson with upper deck. It is Opeachy. Opeachy is, is the cards. Okay. So, Inside the case are 16 unopened wax boxes of 1979-1980 Opeachy hockey cards with 48 packs of 10 cards per box, a total of 7,680 cards. For serious collectors, only around 20 of those matter. Based on t statistical probability, that's how many pristine Wayne Gretzky rookie cards from the 78-79 season might be locked inside. No other unopened case of 79-80 Opeaches has ever surfaced in the 21st century, and it's all because uh, all but impossible to imagine another Everwill Heritage auction said in the description for the lot. As of Monday morning, bidding in the case in the for the cases had surpassed one million dollars. With the auction running through late February, the price could soar even higher. How cool of a find is that? It's very cool. My uncle lives in Toronto, and he was garage sailing. And one year for Christmas, he gives me that year's set. And I had gone through, um, like, you know, the hockey news. They, they had all the values of all the hockey cards in the back. And I went through and I'm like, okay, I, I like I went through. And the only two cards I could find from that year that were missing from the set were the Gretzky rookie and Ken Dryden that year, which is, I think it was one of his last years. It might've been his last year, but it had the whole set. Like other than that. And I'm like, oh, but I mean, it's still very cool. 
I can't right, so believe. I guess I'm just I'm just missing like the two cards. So maybe if they're in in one of those cases, I'll, I'll be good. Okay, that's a cool happy story. Just saying, we don't talk uh, enough hockey on this. Uh, uh, go Oilers, go. We'll see if they can tie the NHL record against Vegas um, tomorrow night, or the, as as you're listening to this, it'll be Tuesday night they play. So we'll see if they can do that. Um, that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, thanks for coming in on uh, 92. We, I think we did half decent to a uh, little Franco at the so start too. and then yep. rattled off 30 some headlines in uh, in record time. I was got pretty some... excited to meet the guy. Yeah. That was, well, that was and good Franco's well spoken. Um, oh, very. Th that entire uh, organization. Federation, they got some bangers in there. Oh, yes. Um, okay, community notes here. This is a we, we've been talking a lot about this, so let's let's rattle some things off here. Um, some things going on. Do you want to start twos with the uh, things, or do you want me to just slowly go through them? The you know what? Okay, uh, first off, well done, lads. Love rapid fire. I got some really good feedback about that from my buddy Dave today, too. And we've been buddies, you know, those buddies that you've been buddies for 20 years and you would never say a nice fucking thing to that guy. If there was a gun to your head, that's the guy. That's the guy who said that he really enjoyed the rapid fire. And so it, it must've been pretty good for him to actually, you know, say something nice about it. Cause you know, as much as you just, you know, have nothing but love and respect for your buddies to admit it out loud would never happen. And so, yeah, anyway. Um, so what twos is getting at is we'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to. We'd love to just know mm -hmm. if uh, you guys are enjoying the the format of of rapid fire of trying to rattle off. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of fifteen topics on the high side, now we're we hit a high today of thirty two, and if that's something you enjoy, there's definitely a lot going on there. So um, whether it's text or leaving comments on social media, whatever, what have you, uh, let us know about that. Um, this Thursday for the kids sake is doing a um, all candidates by election debate so that's going to be happening here in Lloydminster at uh, the legacy center 7 p.m. which by election city by election sorry uh, okay. for city council so that's going to be happening that's uh, this Thursday um, we got slim and marwayne uh, he we, we talked about me and twos uh, went out there last year he got, he got us a table there and and uh, it was uh, oh man why am Gord i space Bamford Gord Bamford thank Wayne's you Hill. And this year it's Aaron Goodvin, uh, June 22nd. Nice. They, they also got the 12th annual PBR April 12th. So there's, there's a couple things happening in Marwayne. They're raising money for the arena. Sounds like a new ice plant, uh, among a couple other things. But as we all know, the, uh, the, the arena in small town communities is, is the, the heartbeat of it. So um, mm -hmm. if, uh, if you can make those and support them, please do, uh, April Hutchinson, uh, you re may recall from the podcast, she's just uh, launched a new clothing line. Or, wow, I don't, I shouldn't say that. Is it a new clothing line? She got new merch. So, AprilHutchinson.com, you may recall she's the power lifter who's been suspended from her um, sport for talking out against transgendered women competing against her. So, she's got an I stand with Daniel Smith mug and a whole bunch of other things. I was showing twos earlier. I like the, the female XX, keep uh, female sports female so there's there's that what else twos okay i was on the stevie b podcast the other day stevie uh, b's so going live stevie now he has finally dropped his first couple episodes and if you don't know who that is yet you can find out uh i'll put a link twitter? in the show notes uh also on twitter i've retweeted it a little bit you can find him on twitter as well i think he's on youtube i don't know 
Maybe he's going to jump in. Maybe not. Uh, and the other big announcement that I've been sitting on for a little while, because I, I'm mostly, I'm far enough along with the negotiations with my employer that I can make this announcement that Ooh. we're going to be trying to do three shows on my 222 cents a week starting in April. How you doing, folks? How you doing? So more coming from twos. So we're going to do the mashup. We're going to do some kind of a sit around bullshit with, I don't know, random odds and ends and friends and whatnot. And uh, we're going to do the solos. The solos are coming back. The solos are coming back. You realize how long, uh, like, oh my goodness, this has been, how long has it been? Two years? No, it's been, it's been probably a year since the last time I did a solo one, but we're, it's, yeah, they were out with any regular, though? since any regular frequency that's big yeah, news years. that's big yeah. news that's big news okay um what else do we got i think that's pretty much got it all i hope yeah. oh i i yep. guess i should mention that interview i did with uh, i was on stevie b's show so you could go check out and hear i don't know more about me if you're bored i guess uh but it's also a really fun discussion <laughs> i i wouldn't go there just to hear about my boring ass life but it was a fun discussion um Thanks to AMC Electrical for being today's uh, episode sponsor. They are the month of February, so you're going to be hearing more about them. Drew McKay, if you're interested in being one of the uh, month sponsors or just an episode sponsor, reach out to us. We'd love to love to showcase whatever uh, you got cooking. We've had some really cool people over the course of the last year yes. and a bit. Um, finally, um, Tuz wanted me to read this off cause he thought this was hilarious. So Sarah Lynn, wherever you're at listening to this, she said, she texted me saying my teens and I joke that when we listen to the Tuesday mashup, it's called the fucking news. I honestly, uh, so one of the things with this, this update to, to the podcast is that the Tuesday mashup is going to be just the mashup and it's probably not going to be on Tuesday anymore. It's going to move somewhere. So it's just going to be the mashup, right? Yeah. So well, we need, start, we need to start prepping people for that. We Okay. So final and, thought before we leave here is, yes, we're looking to do the Tuesday mashup and cut it down to the mashup and get away from Tuesdays. Not because we don't love Tuesdays and love all you fine folks, but we're trying to find a way that we can do it in the afternoon, roughly, or maybe or morning. Here. And, uh, and so instead of it being at nine o'clock at night and, um, keeping everybody up late we're, we're looking at doing it sometime uh during the day which is going to have to align with twos and and we'll see where that leads us to so be on the lookout that's going to slowly change here what twos over the next couple months, two months yep yeah we got so, we got two months to to nail it down and, and move forward with that so lots so, lots so we got to do a gradual transition in the branding from the tuesday mashup to just the mashup but i think we should just start calling it the fucking news Two's like that. All right. Oh, I love that. All right, folks. We will uh, catch you next week on uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the old 93. Okay. All right. Uh, seriously, that's the 93 you went with? Who do you want? And what 93 do you want? You want Dougie Gill? You think? You want Dougie Gill? We could, we could call it the Dougie Gilmore. Dougie Gill was a fan favorite. <sighs> yeah, well, you you leaving them out gave me the blues. <laughs> Folks, we'll catch up to you next week. Twos, until then. All right. Thanks, man.